Hello and a hearty, heartfelt welcome to you all. Welcome to Better Than Fine. My name is Darlene Marshall, and whether you are a coach, a fitness professional, or an individual seeking information for yourself, you have come to the right place. My grandfather, his name is Reverend Jake Campbell, he was born uh, into a family farm, uh, a working family farm of about 100 acres in upstate New York. And when he had a pretty wild life. When he was in the fifth grade, he had to drop out of school because my great-grandfather had broken his back. So at the age of 11, he was essentially running the family business and the family was relying on him. Uh, and, and that just sets the tone for a wild life. So by 19, he'd lost all of his teeth. <laughs> Um, he, one of the family stories is that he had a television before he'd had running water in his house, uh, the house that he, you know, built kind of from scrap of what was around and, and pieces that he built up over the course of his life. Uh, you get, you get the idea. Well, in his forties, he experienced his calling, uh, in his case, he was called to be a pastor. Not that this is about religion. It's not about religion. Um, but he had this calling, and that calling got him to get his GED. Uh, he went to seminary and he spent much of the rest of his life balancing being a pastor, a father and grandfather, running a family business. And he had a variety of other ways that he served his community. He was on a bunch of local boards. He was a volunteer fireman for many decades. Uh, he, he passed about a year ago, uh, last April. And it honestly felt at the time like the whole county came out to honor him. Uh, it was pretty overwhelming for us as a family. But I share that with you because even though he had a big kind of wild life with a lot of crazy stories, he lived what many people would consider to be a simple life. It was the kind of life that I honestly really looked down on when I was a teenager and when I was in my early 20s. I was going off to college. I had these big ideas. But looking back on his life now in my 30s and knowing what I know about life and living and about well-being, he was pretty actualized. You know, that life suited him. He had a lot of fun. He was surrounded by people that he loved and who loved him. He had meaning and purpose in his days. You know, he was always into some project, like building something or learning something. He loved to read and he loved to work with his hands. And he did both of them for much of his life. We're often told how to live our lives, what it means to, you know, live your best life by the time and place that we grow up. So for him, you know, generationally, culturally, you know, the, the time that he was raised was a lot about stability, right? Many of the people in his age group were working, they were trying to get pensions so that they could retire and, and enjoy life. You know, I'm a, I'm a millennial. And, you know, even though that I'm the first in my family to complete a four-year degree, I was fed this idea, you know, follow your passion. You'll never work a day in your life. It's a different lens, but this same idea of what it means to have the best life. And I really believe 
genuinely, as someone who spends a lot of time thinking about well-being and wellness and lifestyles, uh, that there is a life that works for each of us. One where we feel an abundance of positive emotion and fulfillment. Uh, one, you know, a life that's not really about like likes and follows and engagement numbers, that it isn't about what our grades are or how many zeros are on our paycheck. Uh, though as somebody who grew up pretty poor, do also admit that money certainly doesn't hurt. <laughs> it absolutely can help in the well-being equation to have resources. But that life, that fulfilled life isn't about products and endorsements. This episode, we're diving into what it is about. Uh, that cliche of like, live your best life. What it actually is if we're looking at it. It's what Abraham Maslow called self-actualization. And we're even going to talk a little bit about what's beyond that. So, so let's get to it. You are here listening to the Better Than Fine podcast. I'm your host, Darlene Marshall, and we're talking about self-actualizing. What is that? What does it mean when we talk about live your best life? Uh, you know, if you took undergraduate psychology, you probably learned about Abraham Maslow and his hierarchy of needs. Uh, so fun fact for the psychology nerds, Maslow never drew the famous needs pyramid that we've all been exposed to. Textbook designers drew it to make it easy to conceptualize, uh, which means we can think about it however we want. And I like to think about it like a, a ripples in a pond, like a nested circles diagram where at our core are our physiological needs, our safety needs, right? Like if we're not drinking water and getting good food and enough sleep, we're not really going to be worried about actualizing and like living that best life because your physical body can't support your efforts at building prestige and esteem and seeking knowledge and truth. So Maslow saw that there were some people in the world doing better than others in their lives. These are people who had those foundational needs already met. So they were able to concern themselves with things like success and prestige and seeking you know, knowledge and truth and new ideas and creatively expressing themselves. Um, so Maslow said, quote, what a man can be, he must be. This need we may call self-actualization. Uh, and according to one of the leading scholars in, in Abraham Maslow, one of our modern scholars is Scott Barry Kaufman. He said that Maslow recognizes in his private journals that this idea of like what man must be, he can be, but it doesn't really explain Maslow's idea. So apparently Maslow later calls it being fully human, right? If you were going to fully human in your day, in your world, what does that look like? So to get a little more technical, another Maslow scholar named Couture, I'm sure I'm pronouncing the French wrong on that, but I'll do my best. Uh, this quote, the, the psychological process aimed at maximizing the use of a person's abilities and resources. This process may vary from one person to another, end quote. Don't you love the psych definitions? They're so vague, right? They're these big ideas trying to be condensed into little sentences. And 
You're on the Better Than Fine podcast. I'm Darlene Marshall. We're talking about self-actualization. And if we're going to take some big ideas and try to distill them down, let's see if we can bring it to the ground here. I think of self-actualization as having a realized life where you are living your potential to create positives in your life. So creativity, problem solving, leadership, authentic contributions that are based in your skills and abilities. And this is a really key component, this next idea. It is driven by your internal desires, values, emotions, your interests, your passions, what pulls you out of bed in the morning. That actualized expression comes from what we call intrinsic motivation. And that's as opposed to being driven by money, status, power, your obligations, those are external drivers. So when we're working to satisfy those external things, that's not actualizing. If you go to law school because mom says you should be a lawyer, that is not the same as going to law school because you have a deep passion for social justice. One of them is going to feel really, really good when you actualize, and the other one's going to be like, well, I made my mom happy. And they're not the same thing. And I think this really, really matters if we're committed to this idea of living your best life, of fulfilling your potential in yourself. It's not someone else's idea of your potential. It's your idea of your potential. So often in the wellness space, we approach this like we're just trying to hack our best lives. But Maslow knew that actualizing is actually growing more and more into yourself as opposed to trying to hack some external idea of what it means to be successful. And I also really want to own this idea. I kind of alluded to it in the intro. Maslow knew this. You need your foundational needs to be met in order to be concerned with actualizing. If your needs for safety, for connection, for self-esteem, for good food and clean water aren't met, if you don't know where your next meal is coming from and that you've got stability, people who have your back, you're not going to be worried about actualizing because you got to get that foundation poured. But once those things are nailed down, then we get the exciting question, what's next? Then what? I also believe that if we stay in that neutral gear for too long, you start to roll back down the hill, right? We languish if we're just in the neutral place. And I feel like a lot of people come to the wellness space with this, what's next? Is there more? And it can be a heavy question or it can be an exciting question. So let's ask this exciting question. Because I believe if we really want to flourish, we bring this idea of actualization to bear. And, And not just for ourselves. I genuinely believe that when we understand this idea of actualizing, we want it for others as well. And then I think the real magic starts to happen when we start making space for others to actualize with us, right? Then we get to well-being. It's not just about what do I want for me? It's what do I want for us all? Yeah, I get amped about this. (laughs) So one of my favorite books of 2020 is Scott Barry Kaufman's book, 
transcend the new science of self-actualization. And Scott breaks down actualization into these three components. So the first is exploration. This is our need for growth. We want to learn. We want to be curious. We want to be creative in the world. We want to try new things. We want to learn new skills. We want to enjoy that process of exploring our world. And I think that this idea of like, what's next, what's more comes from our natural curiosity and our desire to continue to grow. The second factor that Kaufman expresses around actualization is love. And it's important that you know that this is not like needy cloying love. This is free, expressive, open-hearted love. Uh, so if you're familiar with the concept of codependency, this is where we feel that we need somebody else to complete us in our lives, right? Oh, I can't live without them. That's not the kind of love we're talking about. We're talking about interdependence. We're talking about you'd be fine on your own, but you're really choosing to coexist with someone so that uh, you're co-creating your reality and your lives together in a space. Um, so it's not, you know, passion, overwhelming lust, something that consumes you. It is everyday closeness. It is admiration and support. And it doesn't have to be romantic love. It can be friendship. It can be family, camaraderie, right? It's having the open-hearted desire to put good into the world for the benefit of others. And then the third component that we're going to add to this from Kaufman's model is purpose. Uh, we could do entire episodes just about purpose. This is a big space. Uh, but for the sake of this episode, you're listening to Better Than Fine. I'm Darlene Marshall. We're talking about self-actualization. And the two components so far, we've got exploration as a component of self-actualization. We've got love, like mature, meaningful, deep, lasting love. And purpose. So purpose, I think, is a challenge to talk about because it becomes a charge word in our society. We talk about it like it's singular, like I have a purpose. But I actually think purpose is far more nebulous than we give it credit. I think purpose is emergent. It grows as we grow. So your purpose six months ago isn't the same as your purpose right now. And as you learn and explore and love and grow, that purpose is going to continue to emerge and you'll have a new purpose a year from now. I think it's also important that we recognize when we talk about purpose, that we're in a society that celebrates the novel, the new, the innovator, the entrepreneur. So then we think that having purpose means that we have to be that novel, new entrepreneurial thing. But you don't have to go it alone. There is connection in interdependent, meaningful work. So here's a quote from Maslow on the subject. Self-actualizing work transcends the self without trying to. It's simultaneously seeking and fulfilling of self and also an achieving of the selfless, which is the ultimate expression of the real self. Okay, so let's bring that one down to earth. 
we, when we are being our fully expressed self and contributing, we're helping others. And when they're doing the same, they're helping us. Um, Isaac Politensky from the University of Miami calls that exchange meaning and mattering. We want to have meaningful contributions that we make to others. And we also want to know that we matter to them. Uh, Kaufman also shares in his book that in Maslow's unpublished journals, works, the things he was working on at the end of his life, he had another layer above self-actualization, and that was self-transcendence. It's that when we are fully actualized, we are contributing to things greater than ourselves, right? The self falls away and we're part of these bigger and bigger things in the world. So actualizing and having purpose isn't about you, even if it is about you. So when we show up and we contribute to our world in meaningful ways that serve others from our sense of self and purpose, we're actualizing and we're contributing. And in this way, self-care, self-actualizing, all of this work that we do on ourselves isn't selfish. That's how we balance this idea of you know, oh, narcissism, self-accept, you know, the, the self-obsession uh, in the wellness space. Not if it's not only about you. And that's why I think talking about actualization, talking about purpose, like it's so important when we talk about the wellness space to talk about how to make it bigger than just you. Okay, I'm going to shift gears here, but I promise it, it's we're going to bring it all back home in a second. Uh, but first... You're listening to the Better Than Fine podcast. I'm Darlene Marshall. We're talking about self-actualizing. And Martin Seligman, he is considered to be the founder of positive psychology, the grand, our grand poobah in the positive psychology space. And he created what's considered to be the most widely accepted, widely known model idea about what it means, what like what well-being is. And it's called PERMA. It's an acronym. It stands for positive emotion, engagement, relationships, meaning, and accomplishment. And in the years that I've known Dr. Seligman, I've heard him talk about uh, building what he calls PERMA people. And we all kind of know people like this. It's people who are positive, they're fun to be around without being annoying and acrid. Uh, they're open-hearted, but they're not arrogant. And when they're in the room, you just feel good to be around them. And Seligman posits, he believes, that if we could build more PERMA people, if we had like a PERMA people generator, then we could send them off into the world, into the places that most need them right? Hospitals, nursing homes, um, places where people struggle. And the PERMA people could be seeds of well-being to make those places better and the people there better. Now, another great uh, person in the positive psychology space that I know, his name is Dr. Dan Tomasulo. He is the director of the Mind Body Spirit Institute at Columbia University. Uh, and I was talking to him once about this idea, Seligman's idea about PERMA people. And Dan kind of gets this little nod and smirk on his face like he does sometimes. And he goes, well, they're actualizers. So they're people in, in, in Dan's idea, they're people who are self-actualized. 
They've found ways to work through life's challenges, to make positive meaning and find purpose and interdependent love. They continue to explore and grow, discovering more in the world and growing their knowledge. And then they purposefully serve others. And that makes them perma people. And the reason I wanted to do this episode today is because there's a lot of challenges in the world right now, right? Climate change, conflict, extremism, pick your, pick your topic. <laughs> and even on the micro, life inevitably is challenging, right? Eventually something challenges us. It's part of our human experience. But I believe that if we meet these challenges with creativity and resilience and kindness and care, the world needs more people living to their full creative potential to push back on those challenges and to grow a better future. And for anybody who's struggling to meet that idea, uh, I wanna share a quote from Scott Barry Kaufman. It's precisely when the foundational structure of the self is shaken that we're in the best position to pursue new opportunities in our lives. It's right in that moment when things get hard that we have the chance to grow into a bigger, better iteration of ourselves. That actualizing becomes that much more possible. Okay, some big ideas here. Uh, you're listening to Better Than Fine. I'm Darlene Marshall. We're talking about self-actualizing. And I want to caution you that self-actualizing isn't a box that we check. It's not another thing that you need to beat yourself up about not doing, like drinking enough water, or practicing yoga enough times a week or whatever. Uh, and it's not something that we have to chase. But there is a relationship between actualizing and wellness and well-being. People who score high on self-actualization tend to also score higher in life satisfaction and well-being and self-transcendence, uh, which translates to the idea that they are likely more stable and they're happier. And I want to share one last little factoid from Scott Barry Kaufman. Uh, he had an article in Scientific American back in 2018. Apparently, Maslow thought that actualizing was really rare, that young people couldn't actualize, they hadn't lived enough experience in their lives, uh, but he was wrong. Uh, in Scott Barry Kaufman's research on self-actualization, he found it's actually distributed through our population, just like height or IQ or any other factor that gets evenly distributed around people. Uh, and Kaufman also found that it's not related to age, religion, income, gender identity, or biological sex, childhood conditions of grazing. Like you have the ability to pursue a life as a perma person. Uh, you can actualize. Doesn't matter where you came from. If my grandfather is any example, you don't even need to have your own teeth. <laughs> if you go out and explore the world, if you build connections, interdependence, love, community, and you find purposeful and meaningful ways to contribute that align with your interests, 
your goals, your skills. You can build wellness and well-being, not just for yourself, but for those around you. And that's the essence of actualization right there. Whew. We'll leave it there. But if you've enjoyed this episode, if you have learned something, if you want to support the show, like, subscribe, leave comments. You can find me on Instagram. I'm Darlene.coach. I would love to hear from you. Shoot me some feedback, some questions, find my DMs. Uh, you very likely will influence a future episode and I would love to hear from you. Thanks. <laughs>